What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. It's Chelsea. Obviously, I'm always the host. <laughs> I realize I don't even know why I say that anymore. I'm like, obviously, I don't have a co-host. So I probably need to stop saying that. But I want to quickly kick off this episode talking about the power of community. So in the last two years since I've been in business, I notice whenever I finally seem to learn something or feel like things are clicking, it's been when I'm in a group setting. Now, I definitely have learned from one-on-one coaches and one-on-one mentors. I'm not discrediting that at all. Like I'll probably hire a one-on-one mentor pretty soon. But what I mean is when I'm in the power of community, I feel like I'm not alone. So I feel like I'm more inclined to share what I'm going through. And then because of seeing who else is in that community that's on the same page, I want to help them too. And then it becomes this domino effect of everyone in the community is lifting each other up. And this concept of everyone building towards a similar goal or vision wasn't something that I can considered a community until I joined Holisticism last summer. I remember thinking communities were just spaces that coaches built And it was essentially just a piece of their business model because I had joined memberships, quote unquote, communities before. And it was always like the coach is the main star, the main character. For example, I remember joining a money membership and the coach led every single call. It was all calls that we were basically asking for her advice. It was like a QA and a call. And then there would be another coaching call. And then she would lead another training. And then she was the one in all the videos. And that was a similar business model to other memberships I joined, where the coach or the mentor is the hero and everyone else is just there to learn. I actually talked about this a lot in my episode with Serene Goodman, that one released back in April. Go check that out if you haven't, where we talked about how your client is the hero and not you. So yeah, my concept of community was very different. This also happens with influencers, where influencers are like, join my community. And it's a Facebook group. And the influencer is like the main star of that group. My perception of community then all of a sudden shifted last summer when I joined Holisticism. And it was right when the summer solstice was happening. And they had all these different guest speakers come speak at an event that they were holding. And I was learning about astrology and human design and cycles and how to plan content from all these different people. And they weren't the people that founded the membership. And I remember thinking, when are the, you know, actual people that run the membership going to take over? Or is this like a one-time event? Because that's not the model that I had seen before. Throughout the next few months, I realized, oh, I see what's happening here. I can zoom out and see this is not about learning from one or two people that are leading the membership. This is about, hey, we're all on the same page. We all have the same vision and we all need to use our strengths to build upon each other and get there together. I love that quote that's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I feel like that's what holisticism embodies. So recently I was thinking about why have I stayed in this membership so long? Because I usually don't stay in memberships too long because I just feel like I've learned enough already. I don't get that much value out of it. I can't make all the calls. And I've stayed in here forever. And I don't even question the charge whenever it comes through every month. I look at my finances a lot. So the fact that I just breeze over that cost and I'm like, who cares, speaks a lot to the community that Holisticism has built. When you join their community, it's not about one or two people leading all the calls. It's actually probably throughout the week about 10 different people 
leading calls, guest trainings, doing co-working sessions, doing planning sessions. There's give and take days. There's free offering Fridays. Like there's so much that goes on in that community. And I've become such a fangirl of it that I was like, wait a second, I need to have them on the podcast and I need to talk about this. I need to talk to Michelle, the head witch in charge, as she calls herself, which I love, how she built this. And so that's what today is about. We talk about where holisticism came from and what that word actually means. We talk about hiring because Michelle saw the bigger vision and saw that she needed to hire. We talk a lot about building community because that to me was probably one of the most fascinating things about holisticism is what an incredible community they built. We talk about archetype journeys. We actually talk about one that we've been seeing a lot in the news, which is being absolutely obsessed with an influencer or a mentor or a coach and then really, really hyping them up. And then they have this fall from grace. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I didn't like her anyway. I didn't like him anyway. Ew, yeah, I actually didn't really ever like their content. Like, whatever. That was the old me. So we talk about a journey like that, which is really interesting to me. The fear of being seen and smart. This is a big wound for me. It's something I like actually need to work on in therapy because I feel like there's still this really big stigma that like if you are smart, you're trying to be a show off or you're trying to look that you're better than everyone. So you need to make yourself more relatable and kind of dumb yourself down so that people don't look at you as a teacher's pet. So we actually go really in depth on that topic. We talk about cashing in for your content and they actually have a whole course that I'm in right now called Creators Cashing In teaching you how to make money off your content that's not just from ads, which is really, really the thing that I think a lot of content creators are missing out on is a load of money from ways that you might not even imagine. So I got a little selfish and I asked them what they would do in my case if they were me and they had all these ideas and how they would monetize them. So maybe you'll pick up a tip or two from listening to my example. We also discussed how we all contain multitudes and it's okay with being nerdy, but also into pop culture, but also into gossip, also liking the color pink. Like this idea that you need to keep one identity through the rest of your life is pretty outdated. And we really get into how to show all those different sides of you. And then the last few things that we wrapped up with were owning your intellect and meaning making systems. So meaning making system is something like astrology or human design. And I asked them about basically being spiritual and skeptical and I've talked about this on my podcast and I definitely want to do a whole deep dive, but like I am a spiritual person and I love reading about my birth chart and I love getting human design readings and tarot card readings. Whenever I feel lost or I need some type of guidance, I always seek out spiritual guidance first before I go to like logical or analytical guidance. But at the same time, there's part of me that's like, is this real? <laughs> like, is this should I really be thinking, you know, just because I have my North Node in Capricorn that that's the way I am or that my Jupiter is in Leo in the 12th house? Like, is that what it is? And we talk about that. Like, how do you, I, I don't even think the word is balance, but how do you integrate both sides of yourself to be one? And I think it's something I'm still trying to decipher myself because especially after living in Germany, such a blunt, logical, very analytical, efficient group of people being spiritual and talking about planetary lines and astrology and human design. It was just, 
so fascinating being there. And I, I definitely want to open up about that in another podcast as well. But it's something that really affected, I think, my, my relationship to my spirituality. So I could go on and on and on because I'm literally obsessed with them. I just had a few of my friends join the North Node and they don't pay me at all. That's literally why I think they've done such an incredible job is they don't even have to pay me to talk about them. You know, that's when you're treating your customers really well. So I think we could all learn a thing or two from Michelle and Wallace. Before we dive in, I was also on their podcast, The 12th House, last week, and we talked a lot about systems and creativity and supporting yourself with systems and structure, and that's something as a very creative, flowy, rebellious person, I never liked talking about, so the fact that I did a whole podcast on it and really discussed how systems have changed my life, I think you'll really enjoy it if you feel similar to me. So go check out their podcast. And one final announcement is that I do have two spots open for one-on-one coaching for people to start either at the end of this month or early July. So if you want to launch, grow, or monetize your podcast, figure out systems that work for you, how to map out your energy and plan your content, content strategy, SEO, monetization, all the things that have to do with podcasting, I do have space open to work with you. So I'll drop the link in my show notes. You can apply or you can just DM me at Chelsea Rife if you want to just chat about it before you fill out that application. So if that sounds like you and this is the type of support you're looking for, head to the link in my show notes and you can go ahead and apply. Now that I've gone full swim fan about holisticism, let's dive into the show. I am back with some of my absolute favorite people, Wallace and Michelle of Holisticism. Oh my God, stop. Welcome to the show. Hey. Honored. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Let's kick off with both of your big threes and your human design. Sun in Aquarius. <gasps> Me too. Moon in Libra. Rising in Gemini. <laughs> I'm Aries. Look. Um, and I'm a manifesting generator. Oh, okay. What profile? Oh, I'm a, uh-oh, I should know this. <laughs> Three, five. Okay. I actually don't know that much about it. It's like, um, yeah, I don't know that much about it. I feel like the profiles end up being more important mm -hmm. than the energy type. It's kind of like the houses actually right. help you understand yeah. astrology more. That's what I've learned at least. Mm -hmm. What Ethan's about a three you? Five manifesting generator too. Uh oh, <laughs> that's why you're attracting all these three five manifesting. <laughs> like generators. I understand you, <laughs> but like, I also don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, you are a mystery, <laughs> but I like you. <laughs> but something draws me in. Yeah, Michelle, I know you're very watery. I have so much water. I'm a Pisces sun, Cancer rising, Scorpio moon. And then I have a bunch of other planets that are watery. Um, but I have an Aries mid heaven, which probably saves me from like myself. Mm. That's why I'm so spicy. Mm. <laughs> say, like, and then I'm a projector in human design and I'm a four six. Oh, okay. Mm. All human design and astro heads mm. tune in and let us know what you think of these placements does it make sense if you follow them are you like i totally see that i understand this people don't usually think that i'm a projector like no. people are people still are like are you sure <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure see i wouldn't pin you as a pisces son same yeah, yeah. i never really felt like it was my mm. personality because like every book that i read when I was, i've been obsessed with astrology since i was like probably eight mm. and my mom used to read vanity fair used to have horoscopes at the end of the yeah, magazine the and she would read me what i was i'm a pisces and my parents are capricorns and it was always like you're so flaky <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm a straight A student. Like, yeah, like what's going on? That doesn't fit in. I'm so like perfectionist, but I get it now. I just have like a lot of feelings. <laughs> a lot of feelings. <laughs> Ebbs and flows. Yeah. 
I love that. Before we were recording, you said that you were a reflector. I'm a reflector. Which yeah, I much rare. Know. Yes, so rare. <laughs> I'm a reflector. I know. I'm like it. One of the things that they say about reflectors is we're supposed to reflect the health of the community back to them. Wow. And it actually started to really like I started to grasp it when you guys were talking about your creator archetypes and mm. like the trend setting oh, yeah. evolutionary. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, that might be me. Yeah. I think I saw a little bit of that. Um, and I was like, this I feel like you could take those archetypes and apply them to human design. Oh, totally. I love yeah. that. Totally. I think that the, like the archetypes of human design and to your point I think it's more the numbers than like necessarily the energy types like they're totally there yeah 100% well before we dive into further questions I know what holisticism is I know some people look at it and they're like holy stism or (laughs) holocaustism um can you walk us through holisticism's name and why you started it (laughs) Yeah, I can take that. Uh, Well, I was trying to like describe five, six years ago, like my, I was trying to like put a word to my belief system of like, I have a degree in nutrition. I, you know, was a professional modern dancer. I'm a pretty spiritual person. I also worked in tech, like, and from my experience in life, having epilepsy, blah, 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 all these other things. I just found that like, I wanted to think about everything from a holistic perspective. Like every single element of my life impacted another element. I couldn't look at my health or my nutrition in sort of like a vortex or a vacuum. Um, I couldn't look at just my exercise. I couldn't look at just my interpersonal relationships. They all informed each other and down to like what I wore or what restaurants I went to or the friends that I was hanging out with. So I was like, I don't know what, what I believe in. Like, and holism is a perspective, but I was like, that doesn't really feel right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I believe in holisticism. Like I believe in being holistic and like applying that lens to your world. And so that word just came down and I was like, that's a, that's a nice word. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. And then what was your actual intention? What was it going to be? there was none (laughs) there was no intention I um had gotten basically I like was working in tech and I kind of became known at the office as this person who you could go to for wellnessy questions and I kept getting like cornered in the office kitchen um you know while I was like grabbing a coffee in the middle of the day and someone would be like so what do you think about yoni eggs (laughs) (laughs) you know or like what is astrology real or like is tarot from the devil? And I'm like, ah, uh, kind of like more complex than what I can tell you in a sentence. And I'm like between meetings, but like, let me send you some stuff about it. Mm-hmm. And so I had this kind of group of people who were like looking to me for what I was curating around the wellness and well being space. And just figured like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I want to send my friends, so many articles, so many people, so many practitioners that I want them to know about. Like, how can I share this in an easy way? And I was like, oh, I'll just make a newsletter. And I really thought it was going to be something that like died a natural death after six months. I'm, I'm pretty shy. And, um, it was really, it like really took a lot for me to send the first email to, you know, a hundred people. Um, and then it kind of just grew from there. It was just a newsletter. Wow. And now it's a mega community. You guys have (laughs) 
so much going on. And <laughs> you were actually back on the podcast in 2018 on episode 56. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure at that point you were a one man band. Maybe I think I days? was. I think I, well, in 2018, I definitely was. Yeah. And I remember taking that call. I was like sitting in a Soho house. Um, staircase <laughs> oh i remember that <laughs> and i was like it's kind of echoey sorry i didn't know it was gonna be like this i thought they were gonna let me record here and they're not letting me it didn't have an office i was working from home like yeah i was just doing my thing but i'm so grateful now that i have a team i work with <laughs> i know and we're here with one of your team members wallace the beautiful head of content indeed how Hello. did you to me how did you everyone wants to know how do we find a wallace oh oh stop stop it. it's you you won't sorry <laughs> I don't know if you want to. There's a lot of air happening. Um, Yeah, how did we meet? You applied. I applied. I had followed the newsletter for a long time. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Learn something new every day. (laughs) Um, For a while. And I loved the required readings. I felt like it was very... I was like, yeah, this is... I vibe (laughs) with the newsletter. And... I think I actually hadn't opened it in a while. And it was one of those days where I was just like, let me open this today. And then I was like, oh, that's interesting. At the time, I was doing a lot of like TV development, which I was kind of trying to figure out, do I want to do this? Do I want to stay in this? And so it was the perfect time to take on something contract. So we worked contract together for a little while, for like six months, maybe. Um. And that's how it all began. Yeah. I was really scared to hire. It's like really scary to, well, I'll speak from Well, because I wasn't your first person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I had started working with Thais in January of 2020 because I was like, this is kind of like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. I'm kind of doing like a lot of stuff and like there's a community now and the North Node and like I need someone to just help manage the community and do customer service stuff. Um, and then, yeah, six months later, I was like, okay, still need a lot of help. And um, we're making a lot of things. So it's really intimidating. I think when you like, there's these these gates in your work where like when you start making the salary that you want to make, where you're like, whoa, this is cool. Like I can pay myself. And I'm like, okay. And like, it's consistent. That's so cool. It's like magic. And then you get to the point where you're like... <laughs> Okay. There's like extra money and, um, I really need a lot of help. So I guess I can hire someone. Okay, great. And I would say I'm conservative. Like I'm pretty conservative with budgeting. Um, well, it's not her head. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of head nods. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Um, but gotta be scrappy. I don't know. I just like, don't, yeah. We both come from a startup background and I think you just know, like you, you can save money by doing it yourself Mm -hmm. or like being more thoughtful about how you do things. And, um, anyways, it was just really scary for me to hire my first set of people because, um, taking someone on full time, especially like you're a hundred percent responsible for their livelihood and like for some people, the livelihood of their family or the people that they support. And that's not like something to take lightly. So I like to start people on a contract and just make sure that like the business is going to survive for good. And then then we can go from there. Well, I think that's really important too to highlight the contract thing because I know when I started out and I heard, oh yeah, I just hired someone. I was like, mm-hmm. how is everyone hiring full-time employees, salaried benefits? Like 
what's going on? And then I was like, oh, you mean you hired them for like 10 hours yeah. a week? Or you mean you just hired them to do like one job? Right. Now I understand. And then what you just made that differentiation point is, no, we started out contract to test things and then totally. I can put my money behind a full-time salary. Because you're both like, well, I could probably speak to this. You're testing each other out. Like, yeah. is it going to be a good fit? And that sort of 45 or 90 day period of just like, are we going to like working together? Because yeah. you know, and we're such a small team. Like if we didn't like each other or like get each other, it would be really hard to do yeah. what we do. Yeah. Whenever I've hired teams anywhere, it's ideal if you can start on contract because you're just both feeling out the relationship, which I don't think is a crazy thing to ask. Like I understand if someone is like, I want full time hours, of course. Sure. You can get behind that. But I think in general, you're just feeling it out. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And fun story that I actually, I, I don't even remember how we connected. I just, I think you were on someone's podcast or newsletter or something, had you on my podcast, but I don't think the 12th house existed yet. Yeah. I don't think it did. Whose ideas? Yeah. I was like, whose idea was 12th house podcast? Well, you wanted to start a podcast and that was like one of the reasons that that I hired you. Yeah. 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 Um, I was like, I know how to make anything, but I don't really... (laughs) I haven't made a podcast before. Yeah, I was like, you'll learn. Yeah. Like, I, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's also very much that type of challenge is something I'm motivated by too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no idea how to do it. Let's figure it out. And you figured it out. Yeah. You start 12th house. Somehow 12th house gets on my radar. And mm. I was like, this is when I was in lockdown in Germany. <laughs> so alone, needed some motivation. Mm-hmm. And all the topics I was hearing about, I was like, oh my God, all these speak to me. I remember I binged like 20 in a week. Oh my God. And then I found <laughs> out you guys had the North Node. I'm like, oh my gosh, a membership. And I was really burnt out from courses and classes and yeah. mentorship. I remember being like, I'm not joining another membership. Yeah. It's actually to the point where my ex was like, I think you should stop investing in yeah. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you're spending all your money on like investing in yourself. And I was like, you're right. So I stopped for a little bit and I was like, I have to join this membership. And he's like, oh my God. But I was like, you don't get it. They're talking about things in such a different way. And it's something I want to talk to you all about is you have this level of spirituality, magic, intuition, tarot card pulls, human design, astrology. And then you have this other side that's like, here's a circular sales calendar. Here's copywriting. Here's actually how you convert people. And I feel like a lot of people think you have to be one or the other. Like it's all energetics and the divine feminine will will whisper to you when it's an idea. And then there's other people that are like, no, it's all strategy systems and funnels. And I feel like what holisticism has done really well is combine the two. But how do you, um, what I'm trying to get to is spirituality can also prompt a lot of skepticism. Yeah. And especially from a team that does so much research, you guys have so much data and evidence and science backed things that you create how do you also, it's not reconcile, but how are you like, is astrology real? Is human design real? But yeah. we teach about it, but we also teach strategy. Like, how do you blend all of it together? I think we have data that intuition works. Mm. Like we have anecdotal evidence from ourselves, but we also, like we can take that with a grain of salt. I mean, we talk a lot about meaning making systems and how like astrology and human design, but any way that we look at life, even like through strategy, that's a meaning making system. It's a way to understand the information that we're getting from the world outside of us. And we can choose to uh, interpret it however we want. It's just that meaning making system or that lens that we're looking through to understand it, to make sense of it. And I think that that's kind of 
whenever we're looking at solving a problem, I feel like our team wants to look at it from every perspective possible and like run it through almost like every algorithm we can in a way. Right. And so like, how could we solve it from this perspective? How could we solve it from this perspective or this angle? And the more we do that, I feel like the more like actually organic the solution is that comes through. Mm. I don't know if that made sense. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about meaning making systems, I was thinking about Historically, religion and science have been much more tied together and science was like a way to discover and really be in awe of the divine or God or whatever you saw as divine energy. Um, And I think it's interesting now as we become more secular and we move away from organized religion that we see science as like the de facto objective system, but it's also a meaning making system. So it's like, who's to say scientism? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Who's to say what is real? Like that's a whole philosophy because it's like, yes, I do believe in science, but who's to say what is real about certain aspects of religion anyways. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, for me, it's like all storytelling, everything. It's all meaning making. So it's like, what is helpful for you Mm -hmm. to live on this earth and be a human and live in a better way? And part of that, like for me, spirituality is so personal and it's not something I really like talk about a lot in terms of my own views and I, I'm not like trying to keep that from people, but it is just such a personal practice. And I think part of that is because I'm always changing my mind. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a little bit hesitant to espouse anything because I'm like, I don't know, I might in two years not feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of it is like picking up things and letting them go as they don't serve whatever it is you're trying to do. And I think that's true in so many different disciplines and I don't know. I feel like it's just a little bit Western to be very focused on what you can measure and what's measured. And that's just, that's not really our MO back to the holisticism. Yeah. Name. I I mean, like when I started this whole thing, I just wanted to offer people options. Like here's a bunch of options, like go figure out what works best for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we try to do still. Like, you know, here's a strategy, take it or leave it take what you like, leave the rest and go make it your own at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think to your point too of, um, you know, what works for you and what doesn't, I always say this, like, if you don't believe in astrology or birth charts, it also is not hurting you for someone else to believe in it. Right. Like I, I can't imagine that I'm imposing on your life because I really strongly believe in my North node placement. Right. Like that just doesn't. Yeah. So it's, it's, Something, though, that it is hard to reconcile. I've experienced it in L.A. where yesterday I went to lunch and this girl and I are talking about my astro cartography and we're like getting into it. And she's pulling up my Saturn line and my Jupiter line. (laughs) And I'm with my other friend who you could tell was just like, what the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) I'm like, I feel this weird thing to like tone it down because I don't Mm. want her to be like my friend is absolutely nuts. But I also don't want this girl to feel like, oh, you're crazy. And I was like, this is a weird I've never actually dealt with this in the flesh. Yeah. And I'm curious, like being in LA, totally. how have you guys dealt with that? I feel like, do you deal with it a lot at all? I I definitely do. I would say in terms of a lot of my family on the East Coast and like friends, friends on the East Coast, because I do think I'm a little bit like, here's a theory, but mm. <laughs> I do kind of believe that a lot of the puritanical roots still Mm -hmm. like really exist on the East coast and you can feel that Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. And that whole kind of idea of 
the explorers and seekers went west, I think is true for so many reasons historically, but also when you think about the energy of a place like California and what has been thought up here, if you think of even LA as the dream factory that a lot of people call it, it's like- Or San Francisco, it was like pioneering yeah. in tech, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I, I have dealt with this, I would say my whole life in terms of those like being someone who gets along with a lot of different people, which I'm sure you do, especially as an Aquarius, I think that's something where you're like, oh, how do I not shapeshift constantly and get along with all these people and be true to myself, but not like ostracize people. And you're kind of trying to do this dance. It's funny you say the, th the thing too of like, my fears, I'm, I look wishy-washy. Yeah. Right, flaky. Yeah, yeah, flaky, like you yeah. have no strong stances, whatever. Right. And the more I read about my human design, it literally says reflectors are chameleons. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not meant to yeah. make you feel bad. It's like you right. actually are kind of a shapeshifter. I think it literally yeah. says shapeshifter in my like blurb. Wow. And I'm like, but I can't just be like, oh, sorry, I'm a reflector. Like <laughs> yeah. to people that don't <laughs> right. get right. it. And yeah. so that's the thing that I struggle with sometimes is you almost feel like there's this quote unquote real world mm. versus our world and our community. And I think that's the trouble that sometimes we get stuck in these bubbles and then we have a hard time. People feel really isolated and alone yeah. when they leave the community or bubble because they're yeah. like, oh, people don't know about this thing. And yeah. it can be a hard adjustment to like go back to your family and talk yeah. about astrology or human design or whatever the case is. And I, I've just right. been curious how you guys have handled that. I have two answers. One, I think there's a sneaky element of when you're trying to control someone else's reaction or, or like, um, what's the word, uh, anticipate mm -hmm. someone else's reaction or perception of you. So that informs what you say and how you act. That is a form of control. Mm. So you're making assumptions about what they'll believe and how they'll react to whatever it is that you're saying. And I think that we all do that, of course, but I think especially as someone who has this kind of like maybe double life as discovering spirituality, but their family or their friends aren't into that. I think that's something that happens often when sometimes you have no idea who you could miss out on connecting with mm -hmm. by not saying the thing you're afraid they'll judge you for. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. I love that. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, I don't ever think about that stuff anymore. Like I don't, I just don't. And I think for a couple of reasons. First, when holisticism started, I was surprised by how many people were like, wait, I really want to know that thing. That yeah. were like my, yeah. you know, super analytical businessy friends, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. working at startups who were like, right. wait, tell me more about human design and crystals in your vagina. Like I, yeah. I want to do it, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. We can take multitudes. Like same, same. I have mm -hmm. crystal in my bra right exactly. now. Um, but also like, what am I afraid of? So I think for me, when I, used to be afraid of, you know, like talking about what I believed in uh, the thing, like being able to read the Akashic records or I have like 40 tarot decks, you know, like whatever it was and revealing that to someone, I used to be afraid that they would think I was stupid mm -hmm. and I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, no, I'm really not. So I kind of like had to excavate that for myself. Like, well, what am I afraid that they're going to think about me, that this says about me? And if it's flakiness, it's like, well, why, why is believing in something, why is having faith in something flaky? Mm -hmm. Like plenty of Christian people don't perceive them, perceive themselves as flaky. 
So that's interesting. Is that just my stuff or is that really this other person's? And I think that there are jerks out there. I've met plenty of them who are like, oh, you believe in that bullshit? I'm like, well, you believe in stocks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You believe in capitalism. Right. Um, and like, it's more fun to have fun. Yeah. Sorry. Like get the stick out of your ass and just like, you don't have to believe in everything. I'm not going to like bet my house on the Mercury retrograde transit. Like I, I'm not, right. you know, I'm like taking it in alongside everything else in my life in a holistic way. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think when we, we tend to have black and white thinking as human beings, it's just like one of our cognitive distortions and we can become obsessed with a concept or a meaning making system like astrology or human design or whatever it might be the tarot. Like I know someone who won't leave their house without making, without asking their tarot deck what they should do next. And that's probably like not great for your life, <laughs> but you could say the same thing about people that are too rigid and don't have any magic or faith or mm, like creativity in their lives. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and um, to add on to that, I think I realize this a lot in my own life. I We don't like the liminal space, the gray space. It's easier if things are black and white. It's easier if things are proven by the scientific method you know, whatever it is. So being, being in a situation where you have to wrestle with nuance. And I think you're witnessing this a lot in politics right now mm -hmm. where people are like, I don't want to be friends with Republicans, period, or Democrats, period, whatever it is. And I think that that's kind of, I, I feel like it ladders up to this crisis that we're having in general of really being able to discuss nuance. Mm -hmm. And so people, because they feel afraid, because they feel like they lack choices in their life and probably do, it's much easier to be black and white and have concrete answers to things. And spirituality is not concrete. It's really, you know, gray and you have to wrestle with it and it evolves and it shape, shape shifts in your life. And so I think part of that unwillingness to understand those concepts or concepts that aren't totally concrete is just a little bit of a fear of, I think it's just fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Michelle, you said it, a fear of looking stupid, Yeah. which is funny because one of the things I wanted to talk about today was what drew me into the community was how smart everyone was. Yeah. yeah thanks. Yeah. It was like, oh my God, everyone's pretty smart. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. so smart. Like it's yes. wild. And I'm like, oh, I actually feel like I could learn from everyone in this community, not just the head of the communities, yeah. which is what a lot of memberships I were in was. It was like, you come learn from one person, right. this person only, she's the only one that has all the answers. Everyone else come sit down and learn. Right. And holisticism was like, oh, it's the opposite. Like everyone is here learning and it's being led by really cool leaders that are also really smart. We're really lucky that we learn so much from our community all the time. Like oh we have God. community events yeah. all the time where people are teaching and hosting classes. We've learned from you, you know, yeah, like, I've learned so much from you, from what? so many community members, like, yeah. and even that, sorry, I, I just cut you off, oh but quantum con, I feel like, which we had a few weekends ago, really, really showed that to us. Even though we already knew that we were just mm -hmm. blown away yeah. by mm -hmm. all of the community members. Yeah. Well, yeah. it leads me to the topic that you guys have been talking about on the 12th house, which is the witch wound, which I feel like you guys always have a label for something. It's like, that's body doubling. That's, that's <laughs> spatial synesthesia. That's yeah. the witch wound. I'm like, like there's oh. a word for that. <laughs> yeah, they always have a word for it. And because I was like, how do I type this question up? And basically it's, it's actually the opposite of the 
fear of um, looking stupid is the fear of being too smart. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to look too smart and people don't like women that are too smart, too outspoken, know what they're actually talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, especially women, we diminish ourselves and we talk about our little projects that we're working on and our little podcasts and mm -hmm. our little business. And I feel like in the holisticism community, I never get that vibe. It's very much no, we're smart and we know it. And you do a good job of showing and not telling. How did you, were you always like that? Was that always the vibe of it? Or how did you come to terms with like, it's okay to actually show how intellectual I am? I'm definitely, I, I just want to admit, like I still struggle with that. Mm. I listen to myself often on the podcast <laughs> where I'm like, I'm more comfortable still making myself small. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I still work on because it's very much like I'm a, I'm the youngest one in my family. Mm. <laughs> Two very loud, boisterous, smart older brothers in a house with strong opinions and competing. And I was very, I'm still working through the wound of, how did you know that, Wallace? <laughs> and I think that I don't feel like I've totally overcome that. But I do feel like being in a community of such powerful women and non-binary folks has helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The power of community. It's Absolutely. like, I'm not crazy. I do have peers yeah. that think the same yeah. things or at least like-minded, similar values. Yeah. Well, that's actually like kind of why we started The Cusp, mm -hmm. which is changing actually. Yeah. This Ooh. year, the first to know. Insider information. Breaking yes. the story. It's changing to the grass. Breaking news alert. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of evolved to good, into good for you, our, our, pod, our other podcast, but like, there was so much behind the scenes wellness industry stuff that we would talk, we would spend hours talking about and be like, this is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Are you looking at this trend? Like, yeah. what do you think this means? And that's part of our job running this business is like, we need to, we need to be able to follow those trends and see where the industry is going in order to stay ahead of it and to stay relevant. And it's interesting to us because we're in it mm -hmm. and we're super consumers and many of our you know, our community members are super consumers as well, or they're small business owners. And I don't know. I just really was like craving a place to be like, I want to write a long paper. Like yeah. I want to like deep dive on this. I want to connect this to like to all these other places that like, I want to talk about how Lululemon creating their new membership is going to like maybe be the best thing that's ever happened to boutique fitness studios and why that actually makes a really big difference for independent contractors mm -hmm. and why that also makes a really big difference for like globalization in the fitness and wellness space and accessibility, or it could go horribly wrong. And Elon Musk could buy it. Like mm -hmm. I want to talk about all those things. And I just didn't feel like anyone was really doing that. Like mm -hmm. we were having those conversations yeah. between, between us, but it was cool to see the community be like, Oh, yeah. Like we yeah. like that. Yeah. Like we really like this white, we yeah. want more, you know, yeah. I love the white papers. I'm always like, Ooh. I wish you would publish them weekly. I'm, I'm like, I, I used to, it takes so much. Yeah, yeah. I was like, um, part of my grad school was writing a white paper and that was yeah. like the six month project. <laughs> it's like, you just have to write one white paper. Well, we're trying to do that a little bit more like weekly on the podcast. That's kind of the plan yeah. as, mm. as part of that. Yeah. I love that. But I also think too, uh, to the point of discussing the witch wound, it's understanding that and really trying to show, like you said, not tell that these interests are not frivolous yeah. because they're, you know, traditionally associated with women and they're not, um, oh, what's the word? They're not 
uh, surface. What's the word? Surface um, level? Yeah. Superficial. Superficial. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not superficial. Like, why can Barstool Sports just be like mostly posting memes? Smoke show of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's considered like a very serious media company. But anything that's related to like beauty and, you know, celebrity gossip and even we talk about the term gossip all the time is still pejorative it's like we're trying to take some of those terms back and show through the content that this is interesting because it's culturally relevant and that there are many different sides to look at this from that are intellectual yeah and we're like called to these things right like why are we so fascinated by the next beauty product why are we so interested in celebrity gossip why are we like what about that makes us just like froth Mm -hmm. and it's not because we're vapid there's something there right like we all are smart here and you listener are probably super smart too like it's not like we're just turning our brains off when we engage in culture. Mm-hmm. Culture is actually like necessary to self-actualization and to to think about culture or pop culture as something that to your point is like frivolous mm-hmm. and stupid and flighty and it's just reality TV and it's like you're turning off your brain or your brain's turning into worms. So it's like so far from the truth. And that's kind of what we wanted to explore with Good For You is how, to be truly capitalism critical, you have to think about why you want to buy the things you buy. And most people are doing that black or white thing that Wallace was talking about, which is, oh, I'm just anti-capitalist. I'm totally anti-capitalist. I don't buy anything. And that's not interesting. Like you're not investigating or changing the world that way. Um, And you're not understanding yourself better. And you're not, uh, you're definitely not going to understand other people better. It's so much more fun to be curious about why we do the things that we do and to just explore that within ourselves like well why do I want to why do I want the therer face like why do I want it I already have all these other face tools but like I want it so bad what about society is telling me that I need that thing Mm -hmm. or like what about the marketing is working for me that is interesting yeah you know I always say with when people are like oh, reality TV, your brain's turning to mush. I was like, I have learned more about interpersonal communication yeah. and like conflict resolution from watching reality TV. Yeah. And I remember my ex and I used to watch Below Deck. And got <laughs> obsessed with it, and it's yeah. because you like see these relationships play out, and I'm like, this is fascinating. Like, what sets that person off? Why are they reacting that way? Yes. Why would that one little comment make them want to throw the whatever right. purse out the window? Right. And you're like. Oh my God, it's not, oh yeah, it's just entertainment. It is entertaining, but it's like, wow, I could learn from that. So I don't do that in my relationship. I learn more from reality TV than I do like books. Well, pull back right. even more. Like you're understanding the beats of really good content, of really good storytelling, yeah. of the power of editing and also like narratives. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, why is the crazy girl throwing her purse out the window? Why is that an archetype in that we're like so drawn to? Mm. Interesting, like, I don't know, commentary on culture and femininity and what's expected of us Mm -hmm. and wealth. And, you know, we could go on for it ever. Well, and sometimes when people are asking me about holisticism and like, what do you do? You guys do a lot. Um, One of the things when I talk about the intuitive business side and like the North Node is part of it is speaking, you know, a lot of the concepts we teach are not new concepts, but what's new is our point of view and the way we can communicate and Mm -hmm. teach them so that it's delivered in a way that people can understand, feel seen, feel understood, feel heard. And it resonates on a deep level. And a lot of what that includes is, you know, archetypes, storytelling, but it's also 
really understanding the multi hyphenate beings that we want to be and try and express that through the content we make Mm -hmm. so that you can run a badass business and plan it around your planetary hours if you want to. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. And no one should be making you feel silly or stupid for that. Mm -hmm. And whenever I explain that to people who are, for example, like not into astrology, they're like, oh, that's really smart. I get that. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of content out there isn't made for, I feel like a lot of content is not really made for specific enough audiences and Mm -hmm. people don't understand the power of Mm -hmm. that. Mm Yeah. Yeah. We talked about specificity so much in our growth edging class of like, yeah. that's what makes something, that's what hooks something, you know? Oh yeah. And it actually, it brings me to the next question. I know a lot of people listening right now want to start a Substack, a podcast, a YouTube channel. You should. They, they, they should. Do it. <laughs> they probably are maybe in the North Node. They're watching all the videos and then it's like time to publish, time to hit record. And then they just, this wave of Who's going to listen to this? Mm. I don't want to get canceled. Look what's happening to Tinks. Look what's happening to all these influencers. I actually, I want to be big, but I don't want to be big enough where people can look at my tweets and cancel me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what holds a lot of people back. And so when you have seen that in the North Node or your communities where people like they have the talent, they have the skill, they have the imagination, they're ready to go. It's that piece of like, oh, I just don't want to be seen. How would you advise someone to like navigate those feelings first I would say it's really hard and like I understand (laughs) I totally totally understand like it's really hard and it's really scary and it is all just a mindset thing like people will decide to think about you whatever they want to think about you it does not matter how you show up it doesn't matter what you say how perfect you are they're still going to decide you are this type of person no matter what, no matter what evidence you give them for or against that. So you can't control how people perceive you anyway. And you're also not responsible for other people's feelings. Mm. Amen. Like when someone says you made me feel that way, you did not. They feel that way in response to how you interacted with them. That doesn't mean be a jerk. It means like we try to treat people with respect and honesty and care, but we can't make people feel things. And we can't, even though we want to, like we want to make people feel good. We want to make people feel supported. We want to make people feel seen. But at the end of the day, I can't do that. All I can do is be honest and give them the tools that they can use to do all those things for themselves. And that means trusting in who you are and knowing yourself at your core. And if someone says you're whatever, this, that, and the other thing, knowing that that isn't true because you know who you are. And that's really hard. Like it's so much easier said than done. It's still so scary to like show up and have people say horrible things about you. It's happened to me and um, it sucks. It's really dysregulating, but that's just like part of being a person. Yeah. And I always say like, it's that whole quote of like, you could be the juiciest peach on the peach tree, but there's someone that doesn't like peaches Mm -hmm. because I always think of influencers. I'm like, there's influencers that people idolize that they're like, I literally want to be here. I'm obsessed with her. Look at her family, look at her lifestyle. And then there's people that are like, that girl fucking sucks. And it's like, yeah, 
both of those opinions can be true. One person can absolutely yeah. hate her. One can love her, but she's not just going to change to be like, well, now I need to make, I need to switch that. I need to make the person that hates me like me because there's always going to be someone that has something to say. Well, there's, there's also a life cycle and this is archetypal, like an archetypal experience of, um, when you're like the apple of someone's eye, like a teacher, a beloved teacher, a beloved influencer or something like that. Think about it. Think about someone in your brain you are obsessed with them, right? First of all, first off, you're super intrigued by like, what are they doing? Oh, I'm going to follow them. I'm going to like, see what they're up to. Then you're obsessed. Like, you're like, yes. You're like, I want to see what their babies eat. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what does their poop look like? Like, (laughs) like they can do no wrong. And then something happens. You start to get fatigued or annoyed with them. They haven't changed. Mm. They haven't changed, but you've changed. You've evolved. You kind of like reach saturation point potentially with those people. And then you start to see flaws and like the rose colored glasses come off and then maybe you really start to hate them. And it's because you know them so well and because you had them on this pedestal before Mm -hmm. that it's like almost it's traumatizing when they get when you knock them off yourself Mm -hmm. and it can take a while for you to come back to them, you know, but then you start to see them as a person and not everyone gets to that point um, because we're like really good at unfollowing or blocking people. But it happens and you kind of have to accept it. Chelsea, it's happened to you people and who are total strangers to you have totally gone through that process for you. People who are total strangers to me have absolutely gone through that process for me. And you can see it happen sometimes. It's really interesting, but that's just part of it. And Mm -hmm. like, that's why I think we love talking about archetypes because when they kind of let you see the future and figure how you can respond, like, well, I know that someone who loves me today, there's a really good chance that like in a year, they're going to find me really annoying mm-hmm. and that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. awesome. I hope that they like move on to the next part, part point of their lives and like go find a teacher that they love or someone they follow that they love and that maybe eventually our paths will cross again and we'll be simpatico. But that's kind of just like what you deal. That's just like, that's life. Yeah. It's everyone evolves. It's like you can't help but evolve. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I wasn't even the same person I was probably two months ago. And I think that's personally why I I love having a podcast because I'm like, you can hear and see me evolve over time. And it's okay Mm -hmm. that you don't have to view me as how I started my podcast. Yeah. It really humanizes you. I will say that there's like ways as a creator to like step out of that archetypal pathway if you don't want that to happen. And part of it is taking breaks and not like oversaturating yourself. And the other part is like showing your evolution out loud and Mm -hmm. like talking about it and talking about like when you make mistakes and when things are hard and not like weaponizing your vulnerability, but just like showing people who you really are and that you're changing and and why. Mm -hmm. And that can help like sort of soften and help people see you as a person. And then eventually they love you even more. Yeah, that happened. That did happen to me. I was mindset coaching and I was like, I think my zone of genius is actually podcasting. And I could tell there were some mindset clients that were like, wait, what? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I feel like I need to explain this. And I explained it on the podcast of like, why was this shift happening? Yeah. And nothing happened. Like yeah. Yeah. mindset clients were like, oh, okay, thanks for explaining. And exactly. Messaging yeah. me, you were such a great help. It wasn't like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, all these like random bad scenarios didn't yeah. actually happen. Oh. Well, I think that's one of the things that is so fascinating about putting out content consistently, like whether it's your personal company with a brand or even just like your personal Instagram, you have no idea what's going to resonate. Mm -hmm. And I also think we sometimes I, I think about this 
and with the analogy of when you're in your car listening to music, singing, and you do feel like it's a music video and everyone's watching you and you're the main character, I think that's how we can easily feel about anything to do with publishing content mm. especially on social media it's like we think this is this like we're on the stage and everyone's watching it's like a lot of people aren't watching or paying <laughs> attention or they're scrolling by really quickly and they'll engage with something they like but if you put out something that they're not interested in they'll forget about it mm-hmm. and then you move on and you make something else and you keep testing and trying and I think being patient with yourself and compassionate for taking baby steps is so important because oh it's gosh. not going to happen overnight that you're going to no. like turn around with social media and be comfortable all of a sudden. No. And normally when that yeah. happens, you it's dysregulating because yeah. you're like, yeah. oh my God, I wasn't prepared for like a hundred thousand followers yeah. or yeah. 50 applications that work with me. And that's when people shut down. So I'm like, right. I always tell my clients, I'm like, I don't actually think you really want to go viral. I think you want to take baby yeah. steps yeah. to get ready for that viral moment. Right. Absolutely. So that brings me, I have two questions left and one of them is very selfish, but this is why I like having a podcast. <laughs> I can be a little selfish with my questions and you guys have been talking a lot about creators cashing in. So I'm going on a trip from July to October and I've had this pull for probably a year to start a whole separate travel podcast or travel newsletter. But I've had so many different ways of how this could look. Like, do I make it a whole different, like a Substack newsletter and a subscription podcast? Do I stop one podcast and start another? Do I make a subscription within my current podcast mm-hmm. and then have a separate newsletter? Like, this is where I think a lot of people get caught up of the analysis paralysis mm-hmm. of like, yeah. there's so many platforms. I could do so many things. Um I, I'm using myself as an example very selfishly, but I know you guys have been talking a lot yeah. about all these different platforms. When someone has so many ideas and they like writing and they like speaking and they like publishing, mm-hmm. like how do you narrow it down and then ultimately choose what platforms to be on? One first question is what is your favorite thing to make content wise? I do like podcasting, but as you both know, it is quite the the um, heavy load to yeah. manage on a weekly basis and Recently, I've been liking writing more, but not under an urgent deadline. Mm, totally. And what kind of... So it was the question, do you want us to tell you what to do? Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> okay. And I'm not going to tell you what to do, but um, what do you want to... Like, what do you want to accomplish with the travel element? The travel element is to show more of that side of me because okay. speaking of the archetypes, I'm like, there's this side of me that no one knows that I like love dancing on tables at a beach club. I'm like, I will <laughs> oh, go to I Berlin nightclub to like six I was like, oh, she's yeah, no, one I think we know. Girl, I think we know. <laughs> like, mm, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to tell people like those travel stories, but not like, here's five tips. It's like, no, I actually like zoinked out at this Berlin nightclub and I want to tell you about it. Or like, yeah. I met this really cool guy and we like cooked up on the beach. Like, you know, just sides of me that I'm like, oh, it's not professional. People yeah. are going to take me seriously. I can't share that side of myself and do you want to monetize it I think I would like to so what would you say is like the value that you're giving to your followers or the problem like you're solving for them Mm. yes I think there's not a lot of spaces where people are sharing the behind the scenes of their lives and I think it would make people feel less alone and I think the value is the entertainment Uh uh-huh that's actually a really good like value prop I have an idea. I do too. You go first. <laughs> um, your 
in a great moment right now for travel content because so many people are living nomadic lives. Mm -hmm. Like if you just think about Airbnb's announcement of going fully remote, like for their entire company and that they're encouraging worldwide remote travel and work, um, coupled with, I don't really think there's a, any great travel content that people rely on. Mm -hmm. Like people rely on different apps for deals, but actual content curation recommendations, tips on how to pack and like where to stay and how to have the type of trip you want, like all of those things. Um, I think that you're in a really amazing moment for like a huge gap in content. If you were to also with, you know, through that storytelling really offer like super valuable tips mm -hmm. on how to optimize for different situations. And especially as people are living these nomadic work life situations, mm -hmm. that's just like a thought content wise. Yeah. I also think that like crowdsourcing, like, okay, so let's yeah. take like a, let's take an anecdote. Let's say like the, let's just say that the structure is it's a sub stack. It's a paid sub stack with a free element that gets people in. Right. And then mm -hmm. you can even make a podcast on sub sub stack now. So, yeah. okay, let's just like say that that's it. And your framing is like, you tell this crazy anecdote, right? Like I went to Ibiza and I danced on 10 tables and then this like King took me back to his like cave palace on Ibiza. Okay. <laughs> I mean, might've happened, <laughs> whatever. And so you write the story and then there's like these pullouts of like, okay, but like, what are the cool things to do in Ibiza? And like, okay, tell me your, where is the best place to meet potential royalty that you've traveled to? And then you're like crowdsourcing that in the comments and then you republish that. Oh, like the that. best stories of that. So you're like aggregating yeah. in a way, kind of like Reddit or kind of like Lonely Planet when people like go on the message boards. But yes. it's around something that's like more storytelling, that's more yeah. fun, that isn't just like, what are the best beaches in Italy to go to that, right. that don't have rocks? You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. what are the products to buy at Italian pharmacies exactly. that are worth buying two of because you know you're going to want to bring it back for one for you and I would pay for, for that. Friend. I would pay for that. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> I would want to be in this community already. Right. Oh, okay. And like, I think that you could speak to people who are currently traveling, of course, but also people have been like, I can't wait to travel again. Yeah. This is going to be so fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I like love following. It's almost like gossipy in a fun yeah. way, right? Yeah. Like blog, old school blog, but, but also like useful. Like, Oh, I want to bookmark this. Like here are 20 really cool things that actually came out of this article and you could even publish a follow up, right. Or mm -hmm. like yeah. underneath once you've like crowdsourced those best things, ideas from people like that goes in, in the feed, whatever. Mm -hmm. Love that. Okay. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm like mentally writing this down. Even I'm <laughs> you like, got to record it. Yeah. <laughs> you I got it. Good to know. Um, so my last question that I ask all my guests, this podcast is called in my non-expert opinion. You guys are absolute experts in cashing in on your content <laughs> systems, structures, notion, but what are you not experts in that you wish that you were? Oh my God. So many things. <laughs> One that's recent that you're like, I really just wish I was good at that or an expert at that. Um, drawing and, and designing. I, I have so many ideas that I feel like I can't communicate because I'm not great at drawing and designing that I would like to be able to get there. Love that. I was going to say interior design. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I have, I used to work for an interior design 
tech company. I feel like I have like good taste. Like I can walk into a place and be like, oh yeah, this is good. But like, it's so hard for me to start from scratch. But I'm also super picky where I'm like, this is so tacky. I hate this. Also lock picking. I've always wanted to learn how to pick locks. <laughs> and I just like feel like it's I a- I used to be really good at that. Yeah, I feel like it's Whoa. like a really good skill. I could get myself like back into apartment. Like it was a yeah. really cool skill. Yeah, it's like a good skill to have, like yeah. objectively. I'm also like kind of into being a, a private investigator. I'm just like, oh, I yeah. just think I'll be like, I've always thought that'd be a really cool job. And I'd be good at it because, you know, like, I feel like every woman secretly is like, I could work for the FBI. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. there's a bunch of things. And I, I actually Googled this weekend. How do I become a private investigator? I want to like look up both your recent Google searches. Also, that would be sometimes so just called a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So stay tuned. Maybe Michelle will be leaving holisticism, doing some PI work. Do you have any mysteries that I can, I can solve for you? Just maybe like, she is right now. Hit me know? up. Yeah, maybe I'm know. already doing it. Mm. <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm in deep cover. That would be very alarming. <laughs> I have absolutely loved this conversation, and I know people are going to want to know how to cash in on their content about systems and probably the North Node, and this is going to come out in early June. So oh, what do you all have coming up? Because you guys are always like, up to brewing some magic over there. Our next thing will be our systems notion for magical bodies, system spells class, which is our everyone's favorite class that we teach other than digital altars. And it's a weekend intensive. So it's June 18th and June 19th. And it is, um, I don't think it's, I think it's been called life changing by like pretty much every single person who's taken it. So. Just a small, <laughs> just yeah, a minor detail. Yeah. We probably have like 500 people take it at this point. No, so. it's, it's truly the, the birthplace of the squiggly brain. Yeah. Mm. We came and, up with it. Yeah. I mean, Wallace was like, we should make something called Notion for Magical Baddies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for people who are really cool, really intuitive, really squiggly brained and super smart. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably like one of the core pieces of your business. Yeah. And it didn't even exist a year ago. We like literally came up with it at my, on my back patio. I remember the moment. Yeah. We, it was really hot. We were in the sun, but we were just like, this is it. This is, we found it. We were making that. a paradoxical move at that moment. Obsessed. As we talk about often. And then the North Node, we um, we have a wait list and we'll call people up every now and then from it. So the best way to join is to get on the wait list and, and to get on the newsletter and follow yes. along. Um, and follow along on our podcast. Good for you. And the 12th house. And the cusp. Yeah, and oh. the cusp, which is going to turn into RMP? the Grexed. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and that's going to be a really good newsletter, actually. It's going to be that's free. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, everyone. We'll drop all this in the show notes. This has been one of my favorite conversations. So thank you for coming. <laughs> yes. On. Thank you for having. Thank us. you so much for having us. It was so fun. Yay. Um, I think we definitely need a part two, don't we? I feel like I could have talked to them for at least six more hours, but you know, you only get a studio for an hour and they have other things to do. So I definitely want a part two. And if you do too, let me know what you would want me to ask them or what you want to know more about from them. They have such a wealth of knowledge on systems, on structure, on actually making your business work for you when you have ADHD. I think that's something that a lot of us don't realize we might have, including myself. Like I used to honestly make fun of my sister and brother because they have ADHD, not in a way of uh, bashing them, but I was just like, oh, really? You too? Like you and the rest of the world. And the more I learn about it, I'm like, you know what? I actually uh, relate to a lot of the things that they're talking about. And when I take their systems classes, everything resonates. 
So if you're like, wait, I think I need this class as well, then I encourage you to check out their Notion for Magical Baddies System Spells course. They have a cohort starting in just a few weeks on June 25th. It's going to be an immersive. So it's June 25th and June 26th. I will link that in the show notes. But if you're someone who very similarly to me writes things on like 40 different notebooks and you tried Asana and you tried Trello, but then you like started kind of using Google tasks and you're just like, things aren't working for me. And I don't know why. Like, am I just bad at project management? Am I bad at focusing or prioritization? Probably not. You probably just don't have a system that works for you. And holisticism were really the ones that showed me that my systems are broken. So if you want to hear my systems that I use for my podcast and how they really helped me come to the conclusion that I needed better systems, go check me out on their podcast, which is called The 12th House. They do episodes about intuitive business, about the witch wound. That's one of my favorite episodes. They just did a whole series on creators cashing in, which is a course that I'm in right now. So if you're interested in monetizing, that was something that we talked about towards the end of the episode, and you might love that class the next time it comes out. So of course, I will link this all in the show notes. You can tell I'm a major fan. I am probably going to be in the North Node until they shut it down. So hopefully they're okay with me sticking around for years and years. Before you go, I have a really exciting offer for anybody that leaves a review this week. So all you have to do is leave a review. Go to Apple Podcasts, scroll down to write a review, screenshot it and send it to me before you hit submit. So you can send it to me at info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife on Instagram and do this before you submit it because Apple is like the black hole of reviews and it might take three weeks to show up. It might take one day. But the reason I want you to get it in early is because I'm offering a limited number of brainstorming sessions next week where we can talk about anything that has to do with your podcast whether that's launching it, growing it, monetizing, planning, pitching, whatever you want to talk about, I'm giving these brainstorm sessions away all of next week. I never offer these because I simply don't have the time between my clients and my podcast, but I do have time next week and seeing how many of you are either eager to start a podcast or refine what you have, I wanted to offer these so we can help you move forward. I love, love, love hearing people start podcasts or hearing their podcasts when they finally go live. So if you're like, yes, I need this, again, all you have to do is leave a review, send it to me, info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife on Instagram, and you'll get one of these brainstorm calls. I'll send you a link to book. And again, this is happening all of next week, June 6th through the 10th. Okay, so you have to get that review in ASAP. And this is for written reviews on Apple Podcasts. And of course, also head to Spotify, hit those five stars. They do not have the option for written reviews yet. I'm sure that will come out soon. But for now, smash those five stars if you found value. All right, everybody, I have a big update next week. I will probably do a whole separate episode sharing what the update is. But until then, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week.